Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, this is the Side Hustlers podcast, and I am your host, Carla Marie from iHeartRadio. The whole point of this podcast is to talk to people who are following a passion outside of their day job or people who have started as a side hustler and have now turned their side hustle into a full-time job. And they're all small businesses that I would love for you to support. This week, we've got Corinne and Garrison, Dr. Husband and Wife on the podcast, and they created Rep Your Water, repyourwater.com, an apparel company that gives back to regional conservations, and it was born out of their hobby, which is fly fishing. Now, even if you don't like fly fishing or have never been fly fishing, I promise you are going to love Corinne and Garrison. You're going to love their story, and you're going to love Rep Your Water. It's not just for fly fishers. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. Joining me this week are Corinne and Garrison Doctor. I think you guys are my first couple that has been on the podcast so welcome thank you also by the yeah. way you are a couple right i'm not you're not oh, about yeah. to tell me that you're brother and sister and i no, missed that part no no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary oh my god well congratulations yeah. thank so, you so this side hustle that you have rep your water let's go back to when it started what year was that it was in basically like 2010 2011 wow. so yeah kind of when you guys got married around the same time not yeah we stacked a lot of stuff together <laughs> <laughs> We, I graduated from college in 07. Uh, we moved in together very shortly thereafter. Garrison's a year ahead of me in school. And, uh, Gotta add that in there. 
Exactly. <laughs> yes, I, I'm the younger woman. <laughs> and then we moved in together, got married, then started this business. It's been like, go, 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 go. But it was truly a side hustle initially. I mean, it it took a while to get off the ground. As you know, sometimes these things do. Absolutely. I talk to people who are in the like three years in and they are still side hustling. And I love that I have you guys 10 years later to be able to give some of these people hope who do want to take it full time. I'm going to let you guys explain this. What exactly is Rep Your Water? Rep Your Water is an apparel brand. So we make all sorts of hats and shirts, some more technical gear and some more lifestyle gear, uh, mainly geared towards fly fishing, but also towards outdoor general hunting, hiking, anything kind of outdoor. A lot of people ask us, what is the rep? Yeah. So it means represent. It all started with basically local based designs. So because we're from Colorado, obviously most of the first designs were Colorado based. So you represent the water that you love to fish. And then our baby brand is Rep Your Wild. So that's where we encompass the hunting and the outdoor general and the camping and the all things wild and wildlife. And to date, you guys have actually given back, is it more than $200,000 to different nonprofits? Yeah. So built into our model is what we call our 3% for conservation. And it's just kind of, we came up with it on our own based on 1% for the planet, but we realized we could fit in a little bit more over the years. It's actually an updated number because I ran the reports today, just hours ago, (gasps) We're over $224,000 oh to our conservation partners. That's incredible. What yeah. are some of your partners? Well, we wanted to, because we have so much gear that's regionally specific, give back regionally mm-hmm. and not just to like a national amorphous nonprofit, uh, but have it be a little bit more tangible. Cool. So for example, in the Pacific Northwest, we work with the Wild Steelhead Coalition. They work towards wild steelhead returns and healthy rivers and clean water in the Pacific Northwest. In Colorado here, where we're from, we work with Colorado Trout Unlimited. They work for cold, clean water and healthy fisheries here in Colorado. Backcountry hunters and anglers is a big one of ours. They work towards public land and all the other good things, clean water and all of these different nonprofits right now are united over the no pebble mine okay. fight, yeah. which I encourage everyone to look more into that. In Alaska. Yeah. We work with the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust down in Florida. So that's another really great one. They do a lot of work uh, studying like the interconnectivity and of all those saltwater fish down there that uh, people like to target with the fly rod. National it's- fish habitat. It's pretty wild. It goes on and on. Yeah, you guys have really, <laughs> you've done your research, so you know this, but this is this was something you guys were passionate about before you started, correct? Like you've fly fit, I've never fly fished, but I'm assuming you cared about fly fishing and water before you started your company. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. The company was born basically, my, pa- my background in terms of education is in art and design, uh, but my passion has always been fly fishing and being outside. So that's where this was born. You know, I was working in a fly shop uh, here in Colorado and doing some guiding um, and bouncing around doing a few other jobs right after the recession. And there was kind of a hole in the market where there was either like a, a big name brand. I say that in the fly fishing industry, mm-hmm. still the fly fishing industry, but like a big name brand hat or logo wear item or something specific to that shop. And I thought that would be really neat if there was something that said like, I love Colorado and I like to fish. I think people would connect with that. And being almost 10, well, nine years ago, nine, 10 years ago, it was, uh, I would say like before the state pride 
kind of mm-hmm. fervor is yeah, what that's it is a, now. That's the thing. Like, I did no one care about where they lived before then? Because I feel <laughs> like it's now everyone's like, my state got to represent. But I don't remember it being like that when I was no, growing it up. Wasn't, it wasn't like that when we started, which is, I mean, which is great. It's great for we you like guys. To consider <laughs> yeah. ourselves a tiny bit piece of that Hell trend yeah. setting. Yeah, we have a friend who thinks niche. we literally started the trend. Just run with it. Yes, you did. Yeah. No one can prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah. I believe right. you. Right. Garrison, you mentioned that you were working in a, a fly fishing shop and doing guides after the recession. What were you doing before the recession and how did you get into the fly fishing shop? I was doing actually architectural renderings uh, for like high-end developments. So I was self-employed still, but doing much more like marketing renderings for these large-scale developments and the recession just cut that (laughs) right out like overnight it it was done yeah so i was bouncing around doing all sorts of things i was in software sales i was working at the home Depot. yeah i worked at the home depot for a while i did all sorts of things but like i said my passion from very long ago i mean i started i got my first fly rod when i was i think 10 wow so it was kind of natural for me to gravitate to doing some things in the fly shop and doing some guide trips and helping out there because i've always wanted to be involved in that and even though we've been married for 10 years we've been a couple for 15 wow. And so early on in our relationship, he was like, all right, well, I better test this girl and see if she likes what I like. So we went on like a just short little fly fishing date and I just had such a good time. And, you know, like any new passion, it kind of like built over the years. And now it's obviously a huge part of my life because of work, but it's one of my favorite things to do in my pastime as well. Well, and Corinne, what was your day job when you first launched Rep Your Water? So my day job also kind of flipped around just like Garrison's. We both went to school actually in the Pacific Northwest at Lewis and Clark College in Portland. Cool. So while Garrison studied fine art, I studied uh, Hispanic studies, which is basically like Spanish language, culture, Uh, history, all of the things. And I graduated and I did basically bilingual schoolwork. So I was in a secretary position. I was in a tutoring position and I liked it so much that I then went back to school, got my teaching degree. The very first year that I was teaching was the year that we started Rip Your Water. So that had to be crazy. Like what was was that like being in school, teaching all day, dealing with whatever. How old were these kids? High schoolers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The worst dealing with high schoolers and then coming home and starting a company. So you're doing that day job where all your energy gets sucked out. And then now you have to put your energy into this thing that solely survives because of the two of you. Yeah, it was chaotic. I mean, we would be packing orders until like 10 at night a lot of the time. and Or much later. So. Or later, yeah. <laughs> Although we did usually crack a bottle of wine just to keep us going. Yes. Which you're drinking <laughs> wine right now, and I'm pretty jealous it, of it, exactly. that you didn't bring we, any for me. <laughs> we forgot to, you know, give you the memo. Next time. Um, yeah, and then working all day. I was able to like slowly reduce a little bit of the time that I was working in school because it's basically however many classes you teach is – how much you get paid for. So I was able to kind of reduce that. So I wasn't full time and do this little gradual thing that not every job are you able to do that with. Absolutely not. So I was pretty lucky in that sense. It was tough. I mean, for the first two years, we both were working full time -time. at other jobs. And then I was doing guide trips on the side and then trying to put some effort towards rip your water. Did you both at the same time? leave the day job world and make rep your water your full-time job what was that transition like for both of you garrison got to be full-time first yeah it was actually very fortuitous because it had gotten to the point where 
we could see a little bit of the potential. It was gaining some traction. There was more and more demand. There was more and more volume. And it was at that point where I was like, maybe I need to take the leap and yeah. just do this. Right. Like, I it's love a scary, that. Yeah. It's a scary, scary. That's thing. hard to do. You know, I had good benefits. You got the steady paycheck. And so I was a little tentative to just pull the plug on the other job and just dive in. And the company that I worked for was a very strange company with a not so good corporate culture, I would say. But anyway, they downsized my department and basically said, you can keep your job, but you have to relocate to Florida. And I was like, eh, I think I'm going to take the severance package nice. and I'm out. That's and great. So it was like the perfect kick for me to like get it going. We'll make the leap. We'll do it because otherwise, you know, like that could be a tough one to do. Well, he yeah. called me at like 10 a.m. and was like, hey, so um, security just came in to escort me out because I didn't accept their you have to move to Florida. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, my job doesn't exist anymore. I was like, all right. Yep. Off you go. I know go what you're doing. Some, yeah. Go put some hats in boxes then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I love that. So two years in, what? how is the company different now than it was eight years ago? We were in our basement. So like in the very beginning, it was just like one design on two hats. And that was finally, I think in 2011 is when we were making sales. You know, there was a lot of things going on between actually having an idea to selling some hats we had maybe two designs and then three designs, four designs. And now we have like almost 700 SKUs. Jeez. <laughs> That's a little yeah. wild. Corinne, yeah. what, what was it like for you to go full time and to rep your water and leave teaching? I was so excited to do it. I'm a little bit OCD and I really like things to be really organized mm-hmm. and I like things to be by the book. And it was really hard to be present at either job. Right. Especially once rep your water was doing things. You know, we were actually making money and it was taking more and more time. We weren't in our basement anymore. We have a little warehouse space. And so I kind of thought, well, I'll make it one more year. And it was very clear that I was not going to be able to do both for one more year. Even though high schoolers are a lot, they are a really wonderful bunch. And when you teach Spanish, you get kind of a different side of them. They're not getting standardized tests on Spanish. It's all just a little bit more casual. So the day I told my students, I like burst into tears <laughs> and they were like, oh, my God, you're leaving. I had no idea you were doing this the whole time. Right. So you told them what you were going to do. Yeah. I was like, hey, so I've been doing this for the last five years and now off I go. And they were like, oh, my God, how did you like keep that from us? How did we never know? That's wild. But yeah. obviously you both are very happy now doing this full oh, time. Yeah. Do you guys have a brick and mortar store? Is that ever in the future? We distribute to retailers. Cool. So mainly independent fly shops, but also like outdoor stores. I mean, any number of retailers, there's a whole list of them on our website that you can check out. But our like warehouse office isn't really set up to be customer facing. We do have a tiny little showroom. So anybody wants to stop cool. in can stop in, but it's not a like prime retail location. We're very happy to support our retail footprint without trying to have a designated yeah. like brick and mortar rep your water retail location. Well, at this and, point. It, and it makes sense for what you guys are. I mean, you have something from almost every state. Is it every state? Is it all 50 states? All 50 states. All 50 yeah. states. There's fly fishing in New Jersey. <laughs> I grew yes. up in New Jersey, by the way. That's why I say, well, that's why I'm picking on New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd it's an odd crowd, but it's a great scene out there for sure. Yeah. They pick on us because they don't think we have enough stuff for New Jersey. Yes. Okay. I mean, uh, 
<laughs> Funny enough, one of the largest like consumer facing fly fishing shows in the country is in New Jersey. What? So. Where? Please humor yeah. me in this. I mean, it doesn't even matter where it's like <laughs> it's like New York suburbs, okay. New Jersey. But, but still, uh, that's yeah. wild. So you Edison, must, I believe. Yeah, people come from sense. all over. I mean, oh yeah, Pennsylvania is the second largest trout unlimited council. Okay, all the Pennsylvanians come to the New Jersey show, and it's this huge little. Mecca in Colorado, you know, we think we have this huge state and there's all this space around us. But as you know, the East Coast, they're all a little more connected out there. Just a lot more people out there than space. A lot more people, a lot more squished together. And so they show up in force at the New Jersey fly fishing show. Which state do you sell the most products of? Not two. I guess which state do you sell the most products of? I mean, probably Colorado still. It's our home state. It's a great retail footprint for us. And we have great fly fishing. And it's a nice mix because it's it's both a destination location in terms of people coming in from all over to come fishing and, and just buy a cool hat. But also there's a great full-time local guide, you know, resident yeah. population as well. But we do... A nice clip out in Oregon and Washington as well. As Corinne mentioned, we met actually out there going to college. So we spent a lot of time fishing for steelhead in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, we push a lot of gear out in there as well. And and uh, the Southeast is good for Southeast us too. Southeast is good for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. What, I guess it's crazy to think 10 years ago when you started and the social media world now When you guys started, you weren't concerned about an Instagram account and having a brand on Instagram and aesthetic and all of that. So how did you jump in on that? Were you skeptic at first? And what has that world been like for you guys? Well, I remember hearing about Instagram and I was like, Garrison, I feel like we could maybe post some pictures of when we go fishing. on this and he was like that's so weird i don't get it it is weird not a big social media guy historically which is hilarious because i run all of our social media i was gonna say aren't you isn't that you in a lot of the instagram pictures yeah yeah Yeah. he likes it now begrudgingly no i love it now i think it's really fun actually i mean it was just sort of like a hey we'll we'll throw up a fish picture on the instagram feed every once in a while and it became a really pivotal piece of our brand growth and recognition um you know that social media platform allowed us to expose the brand to so many people and we were in early enough that like the instagram metrics back then were very much like normal if you fall yeah if (laughs) you follow that person (laughs) like you saw the feed right it wasn't as nuanced as it is now right so that was like a big piece for us and our instagram following has been organically grown and so it's still a really valuable piece for us in terms of our brand well instagram is a perfect place for anglers because people have been taking fish photos right forever forever. you know we have friends that like will pull out their old photo album and they're like and this is when i was in montana and this is when i and it's the same stuff it's if anything instagram has made people be more creative with their fishing photos because you know Everybody loves a grip and grin, sort of, but being a little more creative with, you know, keeping the fish wet or just showing a different side of angling and um, a little bit more of a conservation focus is a nice piece of Instagram as well. Little educational piece. Is it just the two of you or do you guys have anyone else who works for you or with you? We have one other full-time employee. 
Tanner. He is awesome. Yeah, we love him. Check him out on Instagram at San Juan and Eggs. Great follow. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, so he's full time with us. And then we have a part time employee as well who's mainly, you know, helps us with fulfillment and helps kind of manning the ship if the three of us are on a photo shoot or doing something out of the office. And that's it. There's yeah. four of us. We're still a pretty lean and mean shop. It's great. So for the three of you then, how are your roles different or do you all just kind of tackle things? Do you have individual things you work on that no one else works on out of the three of you? Yeah, at any given time, we all will have to do some of the same stuff, Mm -hmm. putting hats in boxes and restocking shelves. If a big shipment comes in, we all handle that. Um, But Garrison does all of our design. So because his background is fine art, every single creative piece is Garrison. Tanner and Garrison together do a lot of the marketing. And then I do all of the operations and accounting. Because you like being organized. Exactly. I love it. Corinne actually keeps the train on the tracks, <laughs> which is I, a critical piece here. I completely and then Kyle's get it. putting hats in boxes and he's doing a little bit of grunt work, but there's a lot of that to go around as well. Garrison, when you were in school for art and design, did you one day think that you would be designing clothing? No, I had no idea. (laughs) I was doing very like large scale, somewhat abstracted, like charcoal and pastel pieces. So I didn't have any training really in the more digital side Mm -hmm. of design, which is mostly what, you know, what is applicable to the rep your water piece. Although I'm trying to incorporate a little bit more of the artist side of things into the line. Now, when we started, we, we very much wanted to create a brand, not an artist who was making some hats. That's cool. Right? That's a smart way to think about it. Right. But now I think it's a really nice time since we have been around for a little bit within our niche market to kind of retell and reincorporate the story of the artist side of things as well. So we do, you know, some artist edition hats. We have some fine art prints for sale on the website as well, kind of telling that story a little bit. But I had no idea that we would be, <laughs> that I would be working in apparel. Part of bringing the artist story back to it is to remind people that this is not just like this cog. I love that. Churning things out. Authenticity has always been really important to us. So that is why we still manage our own Instagram. That is why the two of us show up on the Instagram a lot. And that is why we wanted to retell that artist story. Because in the beginning, people were like, oh, Garrison Doctor designed that hat. But now, like I said, we have like... 600 different products all of them have garrison's art on them so that's pretty cool oh absolutely we want want to remind people that there's a person behind that oh and And we do we do get a chuckle sometimes and we we like it but we have had multiple people call and be like you know other brands well, tell the design department that uh, we really like what they're doing. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll pass that <laughs> pass on to, all to of the them. design department. <laughs> yeah. They're all going to sure. be so happy Maybe to hear that. Put, yeah. put you on hold for a second. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's that really, you're right. It is a great compliment. I think the cool part of social media is that you guys can tell that story because there are so many big companies that we follow and it's just the perfect picture that they probably doctored together in Photoshop. But you guys are actually putting your faces out there. And as a consumer, we eat that crap up. Like we love that stuff, seeing the people behind the company. So basically, I just want to tell you, keep doing that because I think it's so (laughs) smart. It really is because it makes people latch on to a human and not just 
a product. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to Corinne's point, like, especially in fly fishing, I really think authenticity is really important that we're out there doing it. We love it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has such a great aesthetic. You know, that's one reason I love this sport is it's beautiful to watch. It's really fun to do. You don't need a filter. uh, You know, it makes for a good photograph. The places usually where you're fly fishing are beautiful. That's true. Trout, steelhead, they're gorgeous to take a photo of, even if you're just going to let them go. So, you know, (laughs) we like that. I know the pictures are very, I looked at them, I was like, whoa, like this is pretty. This is awesome. Like it it really, it's awesome. So that's great. What is it like? This is the awkward question working with your significant other. I mean, a lot of people think that's awkward to ask us, but we've been doing it for such a long time. And I think we each have such different strengths that we don't step on each other's toes. We get to spend all day together, which for some people, they're like, I could never spend all day with my partner. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I mean, he's my favorite person. So I kind of do want to spend all day with him. While we each have our own strengths, we also are really good sounding boards. And we've always had really open communication about life. And then that translated perfectly into business. So we can have the harder conversations Mm -hmm. or we can have a light conversation about what email should we put out this week, but it's always really fun. Yeah. It's been great. It's been so much fun. We have definitely realized it's not for everyone. No. And I warn people, people are like, oh, I wish that my wife would help me with this. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not just helping. Right. This is halvesies over here. Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, sometimes people don't realize, but like Corinne is a very passionate fly fisher in her own right with her own, what she brings to the sport. And that's a big piece of it and why it works. We obviously still have our challenges every once in a while. And it's tough when you have all your eggs in one basket. It's not like Mm -hmm. she is working at this company and I'm working over here. Because it's not a side hustle anymore. (laughs) And if something goes weird, you can fall back. But uh, we'd take that any day. Oh, yeah. Do you guys separate work from like if you're on a date night? Are you like, okay, we're not talking about rep your water? Is it just like one big flow of whatever happens, happens? We try not to have hard, like heavy hitting conversations if it's not at work. You know, we're Mm -hmm. not going to talk about budgets and we're not going to talk about like how many hats should we order outside of the office. But I think talking about work and the exciting things is natural in all relationships. You know, like I go out to brunch with my girlfriends and we're all talking about our jobs. So It's not that it's off limits, but it sort of became this natural thing where we're just going to talk about the exciting things. We're just going to, I will say when the business was in the house and it was a true side hustle down in our basement, we looked at each other most nights at six or seven, 10, 11, (laughs) depending on the day and said, okay, I'm clocking out. Yeah. Because it was just so much to be thinking about all the time. So we had to just say- I'm clocking out. Let's go walk the dog or whatever it was. You have to do that. Otherwise, you're going to be miserable doing the thing that you once loved doing. So you have to kind of give yourself that break. But where are you guys now that you're not in the house? Is it that warehouse showroom? Is that where the office is as well? Yeah, we have actually, it's kind of a non-traditional workspace, but we love it. It's two airplane hangers. So they provide, you know, nice warehouse, kind of mid-sized warehouse space for us. So we store all of our inventory there. We fulfill everything out of there in-house. And then we also have our office space out there as well. And our 
showroom out there. So, in it, you know, when we have a nice day here in Colorado, which especially on the shoulder seasons, we do a lot, you know, they're airplane hangers. So they open up completely on one side, which makes for a really nice kind of indoor outdoor space. Yeah, we look out on a field. We can see Long's Peak in the distance. It's pretty gorgeous. It's a great spot. How (laughs) did you get airplane hangers? Well, we were looking for a small warehouse space. (laughs) And something in that kind of smaller size range is a little bit hard to find. And this place was listed just as, you know, like commercial real estate. Yeah, it was we, just listed as industrial. We had no idea it was an airplane hanger. And then we went and looked at it. And we were like, oh, this is weird. This is like an airplane <laughs> hanger on a... Near an airport. Hypothetically active <laughs> taxiway. I'm not sure. And then we're like, well, ah, actually, this is ideal because the whole door opens up. We can receive product easily. Yeah. Uh, it's a great spot. So we've uh, we've loved being out there. And we really lucked out because when we were looking for space, I think we've been there for like four and a half years now. When we were looking for space, it was right when medical marijuana got really hot and, you know, every mm-hmm. little tiny brew pub got really hot. And oh, they yeah. wanted the exact same footprint that we wanted. How long have you been there in the hangar? I think it's four and a half or five years. Wow. I can't even remember because we were just in one and then we expanded into the one next door. I think it's probably going to be five years at the end of this year. And it's great. We put a door through the two of them through the wall. Mm-hmm. So join them together. And then that kind of the two of them makes a perfect space for us. I'm coming yeah. to check it out. I'm yeah. see you this. should come. We got the ping pong table set up. Right. There's always beer in the fridge. You <laughs> well, come really, down anytime. You should come in September. We hold an annual fundraiser for our local Trout Unlimited chapter, the Boulder <laughs> Flycasters. And we have bluegrass. We have beer. We have barbecue. It's super fun. It's a great That's party. That's really cool. Do you guys yeah. do events like that in any other states or do you think you'll do that ever? Well, because we have a free space to do right. it <laughs> and all the local connections, you know, like uh, Colorado has so much good craft beer, but Avery Brewing has always donated beer to this event and it's our fifth annual and it's over 100 people that come every time. So we've got great partners. We love events mm-hmm. in general. We just don't have kind of the cool airplane hangers in every state yeah we don't have airplane hangers in every state you know (laughs) speaking of what are the goals for rep your water do you guys have like all right in five years we want to branch off into this like do you have big ideas or it's like you know what let's just do what we're doing now i would say it's kind of a mixture but we have moved beyond just doing like state themed fishing hats into a lot of really nice like wear on the water or just outdoor general versatile pieces like uh, tri-blend sun hoodies that are really lightweight and versatile. Uh, we have more like lifestyle shirts and midweight hoodies that are made from recycled products, etc. So the goal is to kind of diversify from just logo fishing hats, which we will still continue to develop and make a ton of new designs there, but grow beyond that into more technical, uh, lightweight, UPF rated gear. And then also we're really pushing towards new products that carry a sustainability story. So not just pushing back to our conservation partners through our 3% program, but also telling a story through the actual content base of our products. So, um, you know, I mentioned our midweight hoodies, they're hundred percent recycled and upcycled from recycled polyester and upcycled cotton. Um, we have some new flannels coming out shortly that are from, 
biocotton, so organic-based cotton. You know, there's a whole series of products that we're working on that tell that sustainability story as well. So we want to continue to push in that direction. Well, and operationally, we've also been making a lot of moves. So we are a certified green business in the town where That's incredible. we are, which it's a small town, but it still matters. Yeah. Uh, we've diverted over 97% of our waste from landfill over the last uh, like 22 months. Wow. So as long as, as long as we've been recording data, uh, we compost, we obviously recycle everything, but we also have this great facility here near Boulder called the Center for Hard to Recycle Materials. Hmm. So we can take plastic film and plastic bags there. I, by so, the way, this is right up my alley and I love this kind of stuff. So this <laughs> makes me so happy. Yeah. So it's once every time we had been pushing back at our main hat factory for a really long time because it's the necessary evil in clothing manufacturing mm-hmm. that you need things to be in a plastic bag because if it's not it and it gets... It. Exactly. And then you're wasting the material for the product, which that's worse anyway. So we'd been pushing back with our factory over the last like 18 months. And just three months ago, they switched all of their poly bags over to recycled content, which is awesome because this is material that's already out there. The very first plastic bag that was ever made is still on this earth. And so when we use the recycled content for either our sweatshirts or for our poly bags or you know, whatever it is, you're giving a second life to that. And then when you recycle it again, Mm -hmm. I mean, Walmart has plastic film recycling bins in front of the store. So everybody should be gathering their plastic bags and putting them in. Oh, absolutely. At Walmart or Kroger, wherever you go. And I know it's hard for companies because I had on this podcast earlier this year, Toasty Swimwear, and she was just one person running her own company and tried to make it completely sustainable and realize it just numbers weren't going to make sense for her at that point. So she did have to close up shop. So it's, it's not easy to be sustainable as a company. So I commend you guys for that because that's all those things you just said are unbelievably hard for a business to do. Yeah. It takes a little bit more work, but we've seen the return on our investment, which our investment is mostly just time. Mm -hmm. We've seen the return on being able to tell that story and inspire others to do good. Uh, both through our retailers. We've had multiple retailers reach out and say, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you were doing X, Y, and Z. Now I'm going to. Good. One of our one of our retailers put solar panels on their roof. Like he was already really inspired to do better, but we put out our annual sustainability report saying, we don't own the building, so we can't put solar panels on, but we buy green energy certificates, basically to make a carbon neutral situation. And he was partially inspired by us and his own passions. And, you know, it's like if we are not spreading the word um, within this industry, in this world, uh, I don't think we're doing our job. Especially if you have the ability and the platform to do it, just do it because you will inspire other people to do it. And I know people listening right now are going to be like, oh, my God, I really want to buy from them and support them because you're doing these amazing things. And Garrison, you were talking about how it's not just a, you know, a fishing logo on a hat anymore. It's great because I don't fly fish at the moment, but I still want to buy your products. And I love that you guys have branched off and, and have obviously you're still great within the fly fishing community, but there's no reason why everyone shouldn't want to buy from Rep Your Water, especially with the holidays coming up. So I want you to do a little, explain a little bit about the kind of products you guys have recently added or what you're adding to repyourwater.com. 
Yeah, so I touched on a couple of them. I would say the midweight recycled hoodies are something that we're really excited about. We, of course, have a number of new hats out. Uh, we have a line of EcoTwill hats out, which uh, we're excited about. There's not a whole lot of people in the, you know, just kind of brimmed hat arena that are telling a sustainability story. So they're made from uh, re- recycled polyester and organic cotton blend and the plastic um, support that makes the brim of the hat is also recycled plastic. So that's something we're very excited about. I mentioned the new biocotton flannels that are coming out. We also have for the fly fishermen or not the fly fishermen, a great line of merino wool socks. Uh, they're made in a mill in Tennessee, uh, really high quality merino. So great moisture wicking. They're antimicrobial. They're really temperature variables. Yeah. Yeah. So they're great when it's kind of hot or cold or whatever. They're very good in all different kinds of temperatures. We have a couple of different weights of those. So there's, those are some that we're very excited, especially going into the holidays. Yeah. I like to think that socks are a stereotypical (laughs) holiday gift, but I'm like an extreme sock geek Yes, and our socks look really cool. And then they're really high quality. So those are my favorite. They have a lot of fun trout prints on them. But we also have the elevation socks that are like topo lines. We have the blue ridges that are just like really pretty you know atmospheric perspective of some mountains and hills and so kind of that more outdoorsy you don't have to fish to wear those love it i think it's great (laughs) i I mean i there's no reason why like i said people shouldn't want to support you guys it's incredible what you're doing um but i love talking about connections on this podcast and how we come in contact with one another because i obviously didn't meet you guys fly fishing so um (laughs) josh Mills works for iHeart Radio in Spokane, Washington, which is about three, four hours away from me here in Seattle. But he was in Seattle for an event and he heard me talking about always needing guests for my Side Hustlers podcast. So that's when he pitched you guys to me and was like, they're great people. They're my friends. They've done all these amazing things like they are the best people. So he had the nicest things to say about you guys. But how do you know Josh? Well, first off, I would say you should go fly fishing sometime. Okay. Yes. You might like it. I, I'm telling and you, I'm coming to Colorado and you're taking like, me. Yeah. All or right, like probably Josh would take you out okay. close to where you oh, are yeah. too. It's just a great way to get out on the water. It has such a like amazing meditative aspect to it. I need that. And <laughs> contemplative aspect yeah. to it. But you don't have to be like a super patient Zen person to okay, do it either. Okay, good to know. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely not qualify myself as a patient no, person. I would not qualify him that way. No, I'm like, a, I want things now kind of person, and I really like it. Okay. So I'm just going to throw that out. So that's your fish on go fly fishing. That's your fish on go fly fishing. In terms of the Josh connection, <laughs> Josh also, besides his actual job, helps out at the Wild Steelhead Coalition, which is a nonprofit that I mentioned earlier dedicated mm-hmm. to supporting wild steelhead returns in the Pacific Northwest. So we met him through there, I think. Cool. Yeah, they were, I think, our third conservation partner yeah. and they're run, I think, 100% by a volunteer board. There may be somebody who gets a little bit of money to keep track of their money, but he's just a volunteer board member. And so we met him via email and then met him in person uh, for the first time in a backcountry hunters and anglers rendezvous, which is another conservation partner of ours. I mean, we all play nice. We all need to fight the same fight. And he 
just be, you've met him. So he's like one of those instant friends. Mm-hmm. He's one of the happiest. Yeah. He's most a very outgoing. genuine person, yeah. which we love. Also, he is a spectacular fly tire. So when you're fly fishing, you're using, you know, flies made primarily of natural materials that you tie around a hook and steelhead flies, especially are sort of a beautiful, sometimes abstract fly. It's not necessarily a very, um, like anatomical representation of something the fish would be eating, like wow. a certain insect. It's more of a gesture. Like an attractor. If you will, yeah. And Josh is a spectacular uh, <laughs> fly tire, so he has that going for him. He actually <laughs> ties a lot of flies for a great friend of mine who I met in Montana, and there's a whole connection over That's there true. as well. It goes on and on and yeah. on. That's and incredible. like I was telling you earlier, I mean, Josh is 6'8". He's very I'm- tall. And I'm 5'3". He's a huge human. And so I just love like giving that guy a hug. You know, you've never felt more enveloped in your life. And then at (laughs) one of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers Rendezvous, Garrison doesn't like to dance, so he'll pawn me off on anything. And uh, I'll be over in the corner with a beer. Thank you. And Josh (laughs) loves to dance. And so the two of us, I mean, I feared for my life a little bit because he... (laughs) I mean, he could like pick me up and it was fun to watch. I will say that it was fun to watch. Oh yeah, we cut a rug. (laughs) I can't wait to hang out with you guys. I'm definitely coming back to Colorado. I'm mad I didn't meet you a few months ago. Before I let you guys go to enjoy your Friday, because that's when we're recording this and drink your wine, I want you to give a one last rep your water pitch as to why people listening, fly fishers or not, need to know about you guys and buy you from you guys or buy for their family and friends. Corinne, it looks like this is going to be you taking this one away. the stage is mine. I mean, we've hit on it, but if we're going to put it in bullet points, it's that we're a mom and pop shop. I mean, this is our family business. It's just the two of us from the beginning. And then we've been able to provide like a job and a half to some other passionate outdoors people. Uh, We support conservation and sustainability in a really transparent way. We have a sustainability report that we've put out the last two years on our website. So we actually do the things that we say we're doing. Basically, everyone should want to love being outdoors and protect our wild places, protect our public lands, clean water, all of those things. And we're giving those things a voice. We're giving... Um, money to the people who actually have a little more power than yeah. we do. And all those things have to stand behind a great product. So the product has to be great as well. And like a really high quality, buttery soft recycled hoodie that you want to wear every day mm-hmm. or a really nice pair of made in USA Merino wool socks that you want to wear every day that I have on my feet right now. Ooh, okay. Jealous. <laughs> Jealous. Well guys, thank you so much for sharing your story. I appreciate this. I know you guys are crazy busy. So thank you for taking the time to be on side hustlers. I appreciate you guys. Well, thank you so much for having us. It was really fun to chat and uh, we can't wait to see you in Colorado. Yeah. Thank wine you and so fly much. Fishing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come stop by the hangar and we'll crack a bottle of wine. Deal. Okay, you heard them. You heard Corinne. You heard Garrison. No matter what it is, do your part. Even if you're not a company, do your part in the smallest way. And obviously support them because they do give back. They're incredible people. You heard their story. You heard their hustle. It's repyourwater.com. Check them out. And thank you so much for being here, listening to Side Hustlers. I'm Carla Marie. Please rate and review this podcast. And you can always reach out to me. It's sidehustlerspodcast at gmail.com or at the Carla Marie on Instagram. Until next week, keep hustling. Oh, 
Hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.